Welcome to Revenue Champions, I'm Alice. And I'm John. We interview leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs in the B2B space. Giving you the inside tips, tricks, and hacks for you to grow and scale your B2B business today. So hi there, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Revenue Champions. Today, I'm joined by Sunil. So welcome to the show, Sunil. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. No problem at all. So, um, Sunil, I know, obviously, we've been in dialogue quite a long time, so know each other quite well. But for anyone who's listening today who, who doesn't know you or Trainio, do you want to give just a quick introduction to, to yourself and also Trainio? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name's Sunil Kumar. I started off as an SDR. Um, it was pretty hard for me to break into tech sales uh, as an SDR, not having a traditional background of a degree or um, maybe a relevant network got a lot of rejection so throughout that process I kind of figured out how to land myself a role how to be successful transferred into management and just saw these problems perpetuated throughout the industry so me my good friend Omar who um, I met during the time I was a recruitment consultant and uh, followed him into SAS he's an SDR who was an SDR also decided to build Trainio, which is um, a boot camp in EMEA specifically for um, SDRs to, uh, well, people who want to become an SDR to get that experience before they land the sales role, decide if it's for them, um, and we help them land the role, basically. Perfect. So, Sunil, you said there loads of good points, right, in terms of why, why you set up the business. So, so Sunil, like, you touched there on quite a, quite a few really important things as to why you actually set up Trainio. So, yeah, what is, like, the core values of Trainio, and how do you differentiate to, to other, other, other things in the marketplace, and why is it a really compelling yeah, compelling thing for people to get into and like partner with Trainio? Well, I think if you look at the tech sector, it's generally 90, 80% of, of the people that work in SaaS sales are from a nicest part of society, gone to a top university, and it, it's kind of mapped out for them. And the rest of society, it's very hard to break into that sector. And our mission when it comes down to it is to create a fairer world in SaaS. Um, we don't use the phrase diversity and inclusion because we feel it's manufactured and forced. We're, we're much more a fan of fair representation because it is literally just fair. And the people we find and we get onto this boot camp um, are generally hungry for an opportunity. They're single mums, single dads. They're uh, people who have decided not to go to university. People who have graduated and realized their degree isn't what they signed up for. Um, and mostly earning, you know, 16 to 20,000 pounds a year, maybe working two jobs. Um, and are really hungry to be successful. And those are the best candidates we come across, to be honest. Yeah, where, where do you think the disconnect comes from? Because I'm always, like, some of the best sales reps that we have at Cognizant have come from what you would classify as maybe disadvantaged backgrounds. Like, why do you think that there is there is the state of play that it is at the moment? I think it's awareness. So I didn't know what an SDR was two and a half years ago. Um, I was in recruitment. I was a smart person who wanted you know i had a, a career path in mind where i wanted to earn this much by this age um have my own business by this age so on and so on and so on but i just found myself stagnated not really knowing who to speak to knew i was sort of good at recruitment but didn't know how to go beyond that and, and do something else and then when omar went into the SaaS world it was kind of like well what's this well you can do this you can there's a sales engagement platform there's data for the prospects you want to contact what i'm used to a spreadsheet a phone and, and literally nothing else so sure um yeah i'd say awareness is probably the biggest thing john great so sounds like you can tackle tackle the big issue and it's 
I'm really excited to see what Trainio are doing because it's, it's a really, really great course. But what led to you setting up Trainio? Like, why did you sign now was the right time to do that? Was it you've, you've seen, you've been you've been in the sales world and it's really just making sure that you give other people that that opportunity? Like, why now? Why have you, why have you done now? Yeah, so it's a good question because I initially spotted the bootcamp model um, back in 2019 in like March. Um, so I've been an SDR for three months. A good friend of mine, Marco Cerna, um, who runs a, a podcast that we uh, we co-host, it come from SV Academy, which is a bootcamp in America that's been very successful. They've raised over $50 million by this point. Um, and they were the first of their kind. And I thought, well, they're based in San Francisco. From what I hear from Marcos, they really struggle to place their SDRs because of the saturation in California and San Fran. And in EMEA, we don't have any boot camps yet. There's two popping up every other week in America. So if anything, we probably need boot camps in EMEA where there's a real skill shortage of SDRs, where there's a real skill shortage for the SaaS sector. So I started to put together, you know, Google Docs at different companies, speak to different people about how, how I could possibly do this. But the real awareness around launching a business, I just didn't have the knowledge. I, I thought I'd have to save money um, to do a pre-seed round and use my own funds to get it to profitability and then maybe raise a round after that. I didn't realize that you could literally have a great idea, speak to great people like yourself, um, and then start to get moving. So I got approached randomly by um, a boot camp that was in stealth. Um, a bit of a crooked person was running it, span you know a lot of lies. Obviously, I got you involved with that as an advisor. We realized that um, that probably wasn't the best um, ship to be sailing on. And uh, I, I created my own bootcamp. Um, Omar joined me as, as, as a co-founder. And I think the big thing was, it was just confidence, right? So everything, the knowledge, I would say, the, the knowledge has definitely increased, but I think the, the confidence you get to do it in the first place and the pressure that comes with that gives you the knowledge, right? And it's just a case of taking that step to do it. So I read an interesting um, anecdote from Salesforce's onboarding team the other day. And it said the biggest differentiator between skill, well, sorry, if, if reps have skill or if they have knowledge, knowledge um, sorry, if reps have skill or if they have confidence, confidence wins all the time. Um, and I'd say that's rang really true for me because it was just a confidence issue. As soon as I had the confidence to do it, we've been on, um, we've been flying ever since. It's been, it's been remarkable. Yeah. Where are you at the moment, Snow, in terms of um, boot camps? How many boot camps have you run? So we've, we're halfway through our second one now. We launched September 20th. Um, we've placed 20 graduates off the first one that's just finished um, with some amazing companies, to be honest. We've signed over 100 clients in the UK and America. Um, we've got partnerships with RevGenius, with SalesHacker. Uh, we're launching in America, we're raising a $2 million pre-seed round as it stands, which has gone up from 100,000 because we've just seen the potential. And um, we've had too many people saying, hey, take our money. Um, yeah, this is this is an extremely profitable venture and it's done for the right reasons, right? I think the biggest success that I can that I'm most proud of, that we're most proud of, is we've placed 20 people who have nothing and we've doubled their salaries or tripled their salaries and they're literally smiling ear to ear, think, thinking of the opportunity. You know, their lives have changed and being able to give them that is it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I think so if we go back in terms of the boot camp itself, so understand it's like an eight-week program that, that you're running like what are those core fundamental skills that you're you're looking to teach the reps because obviously they're coming from very different backgrounds different educations different ages so what what's like the core fundamentals that you've 
you've embedded into this bootcamp? So we definitely need to teach hard skills of sales, right? So cold calling, the reason behind why you write an email, right? The, the psychology behind cold calling. And, and we use techniques like Josh Braun's um, start with the uh, inkling of a problem, then describe the impact of that problem, and then just an inkling of a solution. And would you like to learn more about it? And we tend to use that kind of um, psychology across both video, across email, across um, cold calling. So it can generally be learned quite easily. Um, and then I think the rest of it is bringing in people like yourself to come in and teach the cohort and show them what's going on in the real world of SaaS from many different perspectives, from a global head of sales to a top performing SDR and, and taking those insights and really honing them, making them your own throughout the program. So throughout those eight weeks, we have a mix of um, hard skills and also, you know, soft skills and the things you generally need to get through a sales role. So grit, determination, the right aptitude. Um, you don't have to be a genius, right? It's it's about um, taking that thirty or ten to thirty percent improvement from each session, um, and 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 just us being able to see that and and measure it. And then if you're doing that, you're probably going to be successful in SaaS, right? That's what we want to see. So, yeah, I'm say you've seen, I suppose you've seen quite a few different variations now of different people speaking. And what do you think is like the best way to on? Because it kind of is onboarding a rep really isn't it like you're given the foundations to begin with like what is what is the key things during onboarding that every single manager or organization should have in place and what you've kind of learned from the the previous cohort so what one thing you need is a, a thorough onboarding program to the tech stack i feel um, and this doesn't really come from my knowledge of the cohort this is more of a personal experience of being an sdr not having any of that onboarding and it really being a problem so I, I think a really thorough onboarding to the tech stack, uh, how to be efficient with it, um, because that will just save you hours in your first few months. But one thing we've noticed is that there are definitely different styles of learning. Um, and, and personally, that really resonates with me as someone who has ADHD and dyslexia. Um, I'm a very different learner to other people. So I think that a lot of it should be um, thought out and, and, and standardized, but there should also be an element for customization and, oh, hey, how, how do you learn? How, do, if, if you can't read this white paper on the product, maybe there should be a, a video walkthrough or one-to-one -one with a product manager. You know, I, it, it really depends on the person, but also, yeah, the, the organization, right? So I, I don't know if that answers the question, but there's just a lot to it. It's a bit of a minefield. What I would say is um, you want to pair yourself with a bootcamp like us if, if you do struggle with onboarding because we lick about 70% of that. And then the rest of it is about... Um, is, is is really tailored to your organization and the individuals yeah no really really good points and i think yeah you're, you're bang on the money right like it's it's very different for different people and or, like people do need to adapt i think i've seen that as well even in our team it's it's not a cookie cutter one size fits all it's you do need to adapt and change based on different people what what have you what have you learned as well like obviously you've had some some really incredible guest speakers on for the cohort as well is there anything that's really stood out from them like what they've they've said that's really inspired you and also inspired a lot of the, the candidates yeah so th there's been tons right like literally tons that's the thing I, I i sit on so many of the sessions and and the candidates are like what are you doing and i'm like guys this is great learning like I, I'm, I'm learning too right but i'd say the one that's resonated with me the most has been um social sellers like mattia shape and i'm gonna you know shout out some sdrs here like oh not 
an SDR anymore, but Evan Patterson, he recently became a content marketer. And um, they really had an impact about how we go about pushing Trainio and, and branding Trainio. So Omar and I started to post on LinkedIn quite frequently as of about four weeks ago. Um, and that has been a difference quite clearly. Like I, I had to stop for a little bit just because I got quite sick with COVID, but that's starting again very early. Well, hopefully this week, but maybe as soon as Monday. So yeah, we, we saw, I think like 40,000 views in the first month on each of our LinkedIn's our profile views and post views. And, and, and from that, I know they're just vanity metrics, but we won clients like Opta, like Zscaler, um, like you guys, right? So it, it was pretty massive, the impact we had there. Um, and I think it's just that that word of mouth. So we can jump into a meeting now. And if you're on LinkedIn in the UK and you're in SaaS, you probably know something about Trainio. And in a lot of instances, we find that it's from more than one source, which is really, really cool. I'll say, do you think it's a neglected area? Because oh, it's a bit of a leading question, right? But do you think it's a neglected area that founders aren't proactively building their own brand rather than i i think it's a neglected area so what what you're also seeing is this movement of personal brand agencies right like cloud and i don't i can't remember the others but i've seen like five that are also co-marketing each other right it's yeah. very smart because um one voice is uh is not nearly as loud as five with you know 25 staff that all have personal brands um and, and they're all saying the same message they're all saying hey big companies like Cognizant, like everyone, right? Why aren't you paying us to write um, personal brand content for your C-suite, for your executives, for whoever, for all your staff? Um, because we have a massive ROI um, or personal branding has a massive ROI. And I think that is something you're going to see over the next five years really play out. I think that um, big companies in our space that don't necessarily have it part of their strategy, you know, it's more of a nice to have. And when SDR starts doing it, it's celebrated. I think it will start to become part of the no, we just need to do this. If if you're not willing to do it, then we outsource it, but someone goes to write it as you. Because that's very much what we're doing at Trainio. So we're hiring people to go strike our content. So the plan is I'll sit down with someone for two hours a week and, and write five posts. And those mm -hmm. five posts will come from my head. They'll come from my voice. But only spending two hours doing it means I can be so much more efficient with the rest of my week. Um, yeah. That's smart. And I think you're right. It's, it's completely it's so, so important now to have personal brand as a salesperson and also as a founder, right? Like you're setting the vision for the company. So it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant, and I think you're spearheading that tremendously well, right? It's, it's going really, really, you can see the success as well. It's good. Very, very good. Um, okay. So if we go back to the camp itself, like obviously you're getting people from a variety of different backgrounds. Like what are the, the key attributes that you're looking for in these candidates? Cause I imagine some of them are some are not the full package initially when, when you're finding them. So like, what, what are you really looking for? Like, what's the key to key attributes? Well, this is, this is a big learning I took from this, right? Because me and Omar are different types of founders, quite honestly. And that's why we work so well together because we're not just saying the same things all the time. Um, we challenge each other and Omar is just the most kindest um, selfless person I know quite honestly and he wants to help every damn person we find um, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like well oh my we can't help everyone because if we help everyone and we get it wrong then we help no one um, because no one will buy from us and then you know there's no business after that um, but one thing that I really learned from this whole process was the program works we can literally admit anyone onto this program with sense right we're not going to be stupid about it but literally anyone and we 
we, the program will work like they, they don't make it through the program if they're not good enough and, and and that's very clear by about week four we start to see about 20 to 30 percent drop out and and I wanted to be so much more selective during the recruitment process which kind of perpetuates those biases we're trying to stop and fight and Omar said well you don't want to do any of that, right? You, you want to just let the program play out and see who's there at the end of it. And that's what we did with the first cohort. Um, there was a lot of arguments, a lot of infighting, but that's what we end up doing. And it works. It works. So about 30% didn't graduate. Um, and, and some of them were for quite obviously bad reasons. And it's on them, right? Um, and, and the rest that weren't, that, that weren't ready to graduate, but still really wanted it and still were showing the right attitude. Um, we, we placed, well, we, we placed as a non-graduate or we admitted them onto the second cohort um, to give them a second run at it. So I, I would say the main thing we look for is attitudes. You know, we don't want to hurt, we, we, we want to help everyone that has the right attitude. If you're not necessarily ready yet, but maybe you can go through the program two or three times um, and you're willing to do that, right? then you, you're going to be successful in SDR. Yes, you might not pick things up as quickly as everyone else, but I guarantee in five years, you'll be in a better position than someone who hasn't worked as hard as you or hasn't given it what what what, what you've done because they fail quickly and they learn quicker. Yeah, no, 100%. I think like now you've seen like the 20 or 30 graduates go through. Yeah. Like, I'm interested in your view. Do you think the sales is something you can teach someone or do you think it's something innate in an individual? It's a good question. Um, it's one I'm still trying to figure out. I think that it's definitely... I think that the people, I think that it's innate in people, but I also think that people do hard things for the right reasons. And you can, sales is so, sales is so big, it's so diverse. You could do so many different things that take your fancy. And, and I, I think there's people out there that are so hungry that will just make it work. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there really isn't. Like if you're going to be successful and it's not, the be all and end all of your life and you're not you know shouting about sales 24 7 but you're going to smash it and feed your family then you should still be given an opportunity 100 good cool so recent news you've acquired sales life the podcast so can you talk me through yeah what led to you acquiring a podcast because that's a very for quite an early stage company it's something quite unique to do right so yeah, yeah. What, what was the what's the justification behind that so I found ourselves in quite a fortunate position that I had a very good relationship with the founder of this podcast, the host of this podcast, Marco Cerna. Um, he had done very well in three months growing it, in three months of launching it, growing it to over two and a half thousand followers. And then um, had to take a bit of a break because he was um, like 300% a quota as an AE opter and just smashing it there. And was like, well, this is my priority. I'm making literally millions of pounds a year as an AE. Uh, I, I wanted to make millions to found a company, but this is just too attractive for me. So um, I, I kind of got that and I said, well, you've got this great thing here. I feel like um, when you look at communities like Rev Genius, when you look at companies like Cognizant and this podcast and how you're leading by content and how that really makes a difference, um, I thought we'd be silly not to given the opportunity. So I have a great relationship with Marcos. We acquired it for um, a little bit of equity um, that works in a way that, you know, if we, that equity, you get, uh, you know, less than 10% of it up front and then it accrues as the podcast grows with the brand. So mm -hmm. provided we, provided we uh, turn this into something that's going to be very powerful and then, then, then like a bit of a marketing machine for Trainio, then Marcos will benefit quite considerably. 
but it's a mutual gain in growing that. Um, and, and I just saw the opportunity to have a lot of fun doing it. Um, and, and it made sense. So um, he's booked guests like Scott Lease, like Morgan J. Ingham, um, like Richard Harris on that podcast, um, Keenan. And, and, and we continue, we, we, we plan to do the same. But um, the difference is now we want to focus on EMEA. We want to focus on APAC, maybe India as well. Those territories that we're going to be breaking into and feature guests um, like yourself. Right. So um, we know you're booked onto it soon. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to shooting that episode. That's good. It's really, really good. Hopefully it doesn't come competing with our one, but um, you should be sweet. So what can we expect? What can we expect from Sales Life then in terms of like the content? Is there a particular theme that you're looking to push out? Is it a particular message? Like what's the, what's the focus? Well, what really grew the brand was tactical content by SDRs, to be honest. It wasn't so much sales leaders. Um, it was SDRs who are smashing it now, coming on and sharing their strategy. So I was one of their first guests and that episode did really well. It was how to get a job in, as an SDR. Um, and I, I think we want to stick to that. So part of the point of having a podcast attached to a business is you can win clients by booking them on your podcast, right? So we definitely want to leverage it for some of that. Um, but we also want to grow it as a massive thing with a huge following. So I think 50% of the guests will be tactical content based, um, pro- probably more likely AEs and SDRs, you know, actual um, people with a quota on them. Um, and then the other 50% will be personal brands, will be influencers, will be sales leaders. Um, and, and yeah, I think the key to building it is consistency. So um the way consistency and also content on multiple channels. So the way we see it is we'll have sound bites um, of it on, um, on, on, on sales hacker on rev genius. We've just spoke to Brooklyn Nash, who is um, the content writer for outreach. Um, so he's going to be joining us as a contract in January to ghost write to say, if we book an influential guest like yourself to ghost write an article from your perspective, um, you watching the podcast. And then we have that put on something like sales hacker or rev genius, but it's written by, Jonathan Isla, and, and 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 then that is you know the way it, 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 it would come across, and it's it's written in your voice. So um, we're also partnering with personal brands like Evan Patterson, like Matthias Shaper, as I mentioned, and they're producing long form um, webinars once a month. Um, so having our brand and our name across all these different places, the, the the vision is you turn on LinkedIn, and if you're in the SaaS world, you're going to come across us on on your feed every day. And, and, and that just kind of organic word of mouth um, will pay a lot of dividends. Yeah, for sure. So just in terms of like you, obviously you're a new founder setting up the organization, like where do you see like a lot of growth coming from your perspective? Is it coming from, are you going very marketing led in terms of your approach or are you going down the sales front? Like what, what do you recommend for people? Obviously you're going through that experience now. Like what, what, can, what can the listeners take away? So I watched a really interesting episode on the Sales Life podcast before we acquired it um, with the CEO of Sendozo, Chris, can't remember his second name, but Chris with a K. Um, and he, obviously Sendozo now just raised a 100 million uh, round with SoftBank. I, I don't know what they value that, but they're massive, right? Um, and, and the way he's built his company is um, with an, a massive advisory team. So they have over, I think, two to 400 advisors that they pay a monthly fee. And they're really influential people um, across the industry or all around the world. And what Chris has found by doing that is able to reduce the headcount of the sales team, the cost of the sales team, by just having tons of warm intros. So um, smaller sales team, but a massive network of warm intros. And we've done the same thing. So we've probably got 
about 30 advisors um, at the moment. And some of them are formalized, most of them are not. Um, but we've really seen the benefit of having a ton of people that like us and talk about us um, in important places. And uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to have a massive sales team because one, our marketing is doing really well and we haven't really invested in it. So we've just hired two SDRs, one starting in December, one starting in January. We're also hiring um, contractors or content marketers. All of that stuff is hasn't started. It's just me and Omar. So as soon as that starts, um, yeah, it, 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 sh it should be pretty big. I missed your question. Did I, did I answer it? No, no, you hit it. Bang on, yeah. the, bang on the head, just in terms of yeah. like, yeah, your go-to-market, how you're, how you're tackling that. It's really, really interesting. Like, how, how do you recommend people go around getting these warm referrals? Because I think that's something that's so underdeveloped in sales is actually get actually asking the question, yeah. right? Yeah, else. Like, how, how have you structured that in terms of, because sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable, right, asking people, like, how, have you, how have you gone around that? Well, we could use what, you know, sort of how I worked with you as an example. Right. So um, I think first off, I, I rang up Dave at Cognizant and I, I, I sold to him and then um, I rang up you and sold to you and kind of used a, a bit of a network effect of, of that. I had some social proof through Dave. Um, I also sent some candidates that I trained to interview at Cognizant that were impressive. And you guys were like, well, what, what's Sunil doing? Maybe we should talk to him. And I, I think that builds rapport in the first instance. So the way I, I get referrals going is, at first, I didn't do it, right? So I, I, I kind of realized, hey, I'm missing out on 75% of the opportunity here. Um, I'm only win, winning one deal in a, in a meeting. Um, so what I, 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 and then when I started to do it, like you said, it was awkward. And it's kind of like, hey, you're asking at the start of a conversation before you provide any value. It's just irrelevant, right? So um, I would build rapport in the first instance. I tend to know exactly who I'm speaking to, what they've done. Um, be really genuinely curious about what they've done and how they've got there because I am and I've been a bit of a LinkedIn stalker the past two years. I found that really benefits you um, randomly, right? It, it has really benefited me. So building that rapport in, in the first instance and then at the end of the meeting, just spending five minutes saying, hey, who do you know? This is a good thing. It resonates with you. Do you want to share the good news? How many people can you share the good news with? And, and they'll literally give me as many people as they can think of, right? That, that happens almost every time. And, and I said the same thing to Omar because Omar's been running the business for the past two weeks. I've been down and out. I've been really sick. And uh, Omar wasn't taking many BD meetings for the, until about three weeks ago. When he started to, just like me, wasn't asking for referrals. And I said, hey, here's my script. Here's, here's the points I hit on a meeting. And now he's like pulling meetings out of everywhere. I'm like, what? What, what, where did you find this funding? Where did you find this deal? And he's like, oh, referrals. I'm like, yeah, that, that's how we do it. Yeah. Okay, what, what did, just for people like the context, like how much did that move up your close rate going to a much more referral, warm lead approach as opposed to kind of that your cold outbound? Did you see? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, above two thirds of our business is referral based or inbound from marketing and referrals. Um, I, I would probably say 80%, like it, it, it's quite crazy. Yeah. Uh, because even the direct approaches we make are from the likes and the comments on our posts. So that's still inbound, right? It's still, it's, it's like a warm lead. It's so easy to go, oh, hey, you like this post about um, fair representation. What are you doing about it? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to hear what we're doing? Um, and then they go, yeah, let's book a meeting. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, brilliant, yeah. brilliant 
intertwining the social social posting with like getting to the crux of generating new business right it seems to be working really really well i think people can definitely say that away and review their strategy right because i don't think anyone's really given it given it the time of day yet and i think it's really yeah spearheading you're spearheading that so i think just in terms of like moving forward to like what what kind of mark do you want to leave with trainio um like five ten years from now do you, do you think there's be some fundamental shifts that you'll be pivotal to yeah yeah so we, we want to be wildly ambitious right and um, this comes out of being so close to the problem that it was infuriating and um yeah, I, 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 I hate the status quo with a passion. So I think school is bullshit. I think university is bullshit. And um, I think the way you get jobs is mostly flawed. And the way you onboarded to jobs and the selection process is just, like, if we're being real, 90% of it is crap. Um, it, it's just not set for purpose. And when you throw a figure out there, which, you know, there's so many different data, credible data sources that have, that have quoted this, 70 to 80% of the global workforce is going to have to reskill in the next 10 to 20 years. That just shows you the size of the problem, right? It's massive. It's huge. And there aren't many solutions to that problem. They're starting to appear, but they're not there yet. And there aren't many that are adequate and, 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 and looking at it in the way that I think we are. So what trainee wants to do is first solve problems with boot camps. So really learn what companies need from staff because we have that two-way communication with the marketplace of candidates with the companies themselves and, and, and pair that with boot camps. So both across sales, both across development, the tech sector as a whole, and then look what we can do after that. But why are we raising a $2 million round? Well, we're building an e-learning platform. Um, we we, we want to build multiple e-learning platforms for different specialisms. So we're starting off with the SDR role because that's the one we know the best. Um, and, and that's the one we have the most expertise in internally. We're still going to have to hire experts like a CTO, like a head of product, because we don't have that knowledge internally. But that's what the money's for. Um, and, and what will the first product look like? Well, that will be um, a learning track to onboard SDRs from hopefully the SDRs that companies hire from us, right? But also the SDRs that they have internally and, and those that might need a, an uptake in skill. Um, and it incorporates basically a learning track with analytics and different styles of learning. So it's not just one style of learning. It's like three styles of learning in three different ways to different sectors, different personas. Um, but the real important part is the analytics piece. So the manager or the, the, the rector, whoever it is, can see what is being taken in and, and what isn't working, what adjustments can be made. And um, yeah, the value is constantly being taken from it. So that that's very, you know, it's a concept right now, but but that's why we're moving and we're moving pretty fast. So it won't be a concept for long. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see the, the future leaders of tomorrow coming from the program. And I think it's a really, really great course you guys are pushing out. So um, yeah, thank you for joining me today, Sunil. And um, hopefully catch up soon. Definitely. See you soon, John. Thank you very much. This episode of Revenue Champions was brought to you by Cognizant. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to get notified when the next one goes live. And follow Cognizant on LinkedIn and Twitter for more sales and marketing content. If you're listening on Anchor, you can leave us recorded questions or comments by hitting the message button below the title. We actually love hearing these. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and share it online. We want to get the word out about Revenue Champions so we can bring you the best podcast possible. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.